I hate doing quick fixes that I know are mm -hmm. not, you know, long term. And it's yep. against all my values. So I will sometimes do it. Sometimes <laughs> I will procrastinate enormously. Hopefully mm -hmm. my, you know, my colleagues will not hear that. No, I'm just saying he's <laughs> joking. They, they'd probably know. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Optimize All The Things podcast. I'm your host, Bartek Wodka. And I'm your host, Ivan Volkov. Optimize All The Things is a podcast in which we talk about software engineering, performance, technology, careers, soft skills, and really all the things we can optimize in our work and life. Today, we are discussing uh, the things we can optimize for our productivity. So things you can do to improve um, your daily productivity, bring more value to your life and work. We talk about soft egotism, so self-awareness to bring some joy and fun to tedious tasks. We talk about healthy routines, productivity hacks, and even online or in-person meeting productivity tools and hacks. We really appreciate the feedback uh, you give us. And if you want to suggest improvements to the podcast or you want uh, to hear us talking about uh, a topic that you really like, feel free to use the Google form in the description of the episode or message us directly on social media. And before we go to the main part, let's talk about some news. Okay, uh, I really wanted to bring up uh, some uh, piece of news that uh, came up a couple of weeks ago uh, and it was received so uh, in so many different ways across uh, social media and like there are so many interesting and I think wrong takes but uh, let's discuss that. So <laughs> Amazon Prime Video uh, released a blog post uh, talking about how they scaled uh, one of their uh, services uh, to basically reduce cost by 90% by moving away from microservices and moving to a monolith, right? And this, just this title, if you read it like that, it was copy-pasted across LinkedIn, across Twitter, and people were saying several things. People were saying, oh, microservices suck. Nobody should use microservices ever. Yes. Yes, and they were saying other things. They were saying, oh, AWS sucks. Nobody should use AWS, it's so expensive. They were even saying, oh, even if Amazon is not using microservices, then this is surely means it's that my- serverless that was attacked. Yes. Because yes, they yes. moved to, and by the way, the title is super wrong because they didn't move to Monolith. They moved to less microservices, essentially, like more, <laughs> um, you know, like more reasonable architecture, really. Uh, because they were scattered around serverless, right? That's the problem. They have uh, those functions everywhere and they use Lambda. So they are switching mm -hmm. from Lambda. So the two things, like one is like reducing the number of microservices, so getting more into monolith direction, I would say, yeah. but yeah. then also giving up on AWS Lambda, yeah. So pretty bold yeah. Uh, yeah. blog post, yeah. And pretty yeah. reasonable, by uh, the way, but... super nice, but the two people maybe took it wrongly. Yes, yeah, I, I think that's the, the big problem. If you look at the blog post, they give their explanations. Okay, we designed it like that. Initially, it was very easy for us to start doing it. Then we found out that there are bottlenecks. Then we found out that uh, we spent a lot of resources here and here. Then we found out that like this particular thing can be optimized. And they optimized it. And they told about the story of how they optimized it. Right. So it's pretty straightforward. But it was too, I, I think it was uh, taken out of context like so much. And just look. People didn't read the article, they just read the title and they were like, okay, 
this means so much more and uh, like the whole industry needs to change or something they have maybe the you know controversial ideas or what happened in the background maybe that for example like they were forced to use lambda in the first place which is i don't think true like amazon forced them to use lambdas yeah, just yeah. to boost yeah. the productivity that's the push the project maybe mm. i don't think that's true um and maybe maybe they you know now lambda is not working for them and no no one should use lambda that's also wrong right mm. it's just not fitting their some parts of their architecture so oh my god like people exactly. take take things to the extreme <laughs> yeah and uh here the, i think the important part the important takeaway here is you should use the tools that make sense for you but you should also be critical of them and if you see that something is not working right you should reevaluate you should uh, measure you should always measure and find out okay here is a bottleneck how can we improve it and never try to like cargo cult and say i'm only going to use microservices i'm only going to use serverless or i'm only going to use monolith because all of these things don't make sense it all makes sense and the other thing is like even if you're talking about uh, microservices the 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 only purpose of uh, your architecture is not really uh, improving the performance of your application maybe your architecture depends on your organization structure right if you have multiple teams that uh, have difficult communication channels between them then working on a monolith might be too expensive for your organization right and maybe only put the microsoft things that you have to horizontally scale as well right maybe the stateless mm -hmm. parts right which are easier to do uh, so lots of good learnings right for me another learning was to not follow the hype right like it's not, um, of, I mean, well, I guess it was useful for them to maybe start with serverless because it was maybe easy to bootstrap. And I know so many companies are having a very huge success in the very beginning of their, um, they, uh, their business. But of course, after some time, some people even move to their, their own data centers, like such extreme, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very obvious yep. that using less of this dynamic networking stuff uh, would be more cost efficient and latency efficient mm -hmm. for your software and for your, you know, kind of like uh, system. So to me, it's good reinforcement, good, good reminder that having less kind of distributed systems, smaller distributed system, like very tailored to what you do is, is more efficient generally, right? So serverless is not yep. very efficient for everything, which is, of course, obvious kind of in the hindsight, but maybe people fall for the yeah. hype. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another takeaway that I have is uh, now I, I I'm feeling like so much more uh, worried when I read news that I don't understand. Because when you read news like this that you kind of understand and you see, you know, the wrong takes that people are making. And now if I'm reading something about like, I don't know, economy news or I don't know, financial news that I don't understand that much and somebody is making a comment now i'm wondering oh is this actually an expert uh, reading this and making a educated comment or it's somebody just reading the title and giving uh, the wrong summary mm -hmm. so now it's very difficult for me to make my mind when i'm reading news yeah, that yeah, I yeah. Don't and, know and sometimes it's totally valid and i i do sometimes uh kind of ignore i i start reading and i mm -hmm. see oh this is a topic i don't understand this is the people i don't think i trust because the, you know maybe there are other um repetitions of the same news in a different way and I don't understand or I don't have time to really dive into the data source, I just skip it because it just wastes in my mind yeah. to really learn wrong things. 
So yeah, but, but this Amazon Prime is a very short blog post. Feel free to read it. Lots of cool learnings, as we mentioned. Another point is that serverless can get you very far, very quickly, right? The fact that they have mm -hmm. serverless for very important part of the system in the huge Amazon Prime kind of like, you know, um, streaming, it's crazy to me that they managed to, to really do this, you know, effectively mm -hmm. and, and very well. So, so it's really good stories, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to bring up another piece of news that was also controversial and I also think it was uh, potentially misunderstood by a lot of people. Uh, so recently there was a leaked memo from uh, uh, someone at Google uh, that was basically saying that uh, in terms of AI, neither Google nor OpenAI have any mode. And moat is uh, a term coined by, I think, Warren Buffett uh, last century, which uh, basically means your business doesn't have defensibility. So it means there's nothing uh, potentially unique, uh, no uh, IP that uh, yeah. is protecting your business. With and in this case, uh, they're saying there's no moat, so there's no defensibility with regards to AI. And the, the, the main uh, idea was that open source models and uh, open source development around these models is going so strong that basically any organization can now potentially pick up some of these models and maybe not get 100% of the benefit, but get 95% of the benefit. But the way that, and this makes some sense, right? Uh, I can talk about my thoughts on that a little bit later, but I think what, uh, <laughs> what surprised me was that a lot of people were seeing this piece of news in the, in the media and they were saying, they, they were kind of assuming that this came out from Google CEO or someone. And it was just an internal blog post that some person posted on like an internal blog platform, right? It had nothing to do with the strategic direction of the company. It had nothing to do with uh, any uh, like executive making a, a, a decision and saying, okay, this is uh, how the whole company thinks about this. It was just a random person making a statement that got leaked and people were saying, oh, this company means this exact thing, right? So this was, again, misinterpreted. When we're talking about this kind of disruptive technologies, there is this saying that the big incumbents, so basically the big uh, players in the market already, like Google, for example, um, they have to find innovation before the new players, basically the startups or the new ideas, find uh, distribution, right? And the idea, the basic idea is Google has millions and millions of, maybe billions of people using the platform, right? How many people are using Gmail or how many people are using Google Docs? They just need to pick not the perfect AI, they just need any AI and put it in Google Docs and they suddenly get distribution to millions and millions of people. And I can come up tomorrow with the most innovative startup, right? Which, which has like I don't know, 25% better AI in, than Google, than Microsoft, than OpenAI. But then I have zero distribution, right? Because nobody knows about my small startup. So uh, I think Google definitely has a mode and the mode there is the distribution. Uh, OpenAI probably also has a mode because it has uh, good deals with you know Microsoft. It has also a lot of distribution right now. You know, people, a lot of Microsoft uh, Office products are also using OpenAI. I think the, the, the argument in the article, which is actually true, I think, is that uh, a lot of open source models are already out there. 
it is doing very similar things to what you can get from GPT-4. I mean, then it proves that AI is not there, right? Like, because if I can take those open source models, because I heard a lot of them, I can run it on my phone, mm -hmm. on my laptop, and they can compete with GPT-4, then what we are doing even, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is the other thing. You can do inference or basically predictions on these released open source models with all of their weights or configuration released already. But in order to get this model, it took someone a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of uh, resources to produce this. So you kind of just get, let's say, the, the, the important part here is that the, all of this training is also open sourced for people, right? So kind of you don't have to train your models again. Businesses can build their own AI functionalities that they can sell or use for productivity. And for example, like any company, even small, can uh, create AI on their own um, on their own code to, to you know like have some yep. nice auto completion ML or whatever, right? So so yeah, that's totally fair. So they don't need to pay like big yeah. vendors like I don't know Google or ChatGPT for the special AI access, right? Yeah. Fair. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah, maybe last um, piece of news. Um, I, I just I love the the new series at Disney Plus. Uh, it's called Limitless with uh, mm -hmm. Chris, um, Chris Hemsworth, yeah, and because, you know, I'm just, I'm a fan of Marvel, so, you know, that definitely, <laughs> his face was familiar, but, um, like, he is doing really, really crazy stuff to, um, yeah, just, just try to delay the, you know, the, the F, uh, negative effects of aging, right, so he mm -hmm. do some extreme things that actually, he do things extremely, in extreme, but then there are really healthy habits in a smaller kind of portion of whatever he does to bring every day for everyone, every, every, everyone, right? So, for example, he was fasting for three days or five, I remember. Mm -hmm. So he was not eating, right, anything. And then, of course, that's kind of unhealthy, so you have to do it very rarely. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of like learning of the good consequences of that and why you should fast every day or maybe every second day a little bit, right? Then there was like, a, he was like swimming in the Arctic Ocean, right? Or, or something super cold. So kind of this was kind of highlighting that the water, uh, like the cold showers and, and things like that can yeah. boost your, you know, like Im Im um, immune system or, or things like that. And I'm, I really took it seriously. And I'm, for example, I'm showering <laughs> in a hot shower, normal shower. And then last five <laughs> minutes, I'm trying to bring the cold water. And I, I don't know if it okay. works, but at least I can. There's it's so this series is so amazing in a way. It's so actionable, right? And there are like <laughs> four other things about the stress, I think, and, and other things. But really, the last episode is called Acceptance. Is the most epic way, epic thing. I don't want to spoil too much, um, but it's about acceptance of being very old and, and having, you know, consequences mm -hmm. of that, like dementia, like maybe blurred vision and so on, but also acceptance of your own death. And it's so yep. huge. It kind of learns you, teaches you to, uh, you know, live the full life. I was crying on this episode, man. So I really recommend <laughs> everyone to watch The Limitless, even if it's only last episode, The Acceptance, because it's the next level. It just brings you exactly to this topic of what we are discussing today, um, in this episode yep. about, you know, how to really, you have tedious tasks that we want <laughs> to do at some point, but you make it fun and really 
kind of like use your life wisely, right? Yeah, nice, nice. I'll definitely give it a go. It is it is a documentary, right? Or is it uh, f- fictional? Well, he was doing those stuffs usually, so I think it's kind of uh-huh. documentary. But how much is fake? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it told, yeah, it talked to me. <laughs> okay, these were the news for today. Let's now jump to the main part. Let's go. Let's stay productive. Productivity. How to boost our productivity in our work? Um, what does it mean? What does it mean even like, uh, even like, what it means to be more productive in your, in your mind? Interesting question. Uh, I think there are maybe different definitions, but the, the, the most basic one that I think when talking about productivity is uh, how can I get more things done? And uh, yeah, that's, that's the gist of it. And it doesn't have to be only at work. It can be also at home or like if you're doing any side projects or I don't know if you're interested into sports, like how, how can you more productively improve but yeah uh, in terms of our day-to-day job it's maybe easiest to see productivity or especially productivity loss i guess if uh, um, if you're easily distracted or or something like that yeah and i I would i would say it's more about value provided than more work right because Mm -hmm. it's easy to do more work and feel productive but then you realize that your work is for example um yeah wasted because maybe you you follow a wrong path or maybe yeah you're playing with like yeah like uh optimizations which are you know like premature and then are wasted right for example yep Mm -hmm. so so it's interesting right like because ideally we measure the value and you know this is where it goes into into weird discussions where you know it feels very productive to program to to deliver some software Mm -hmm. for example and it feels very unproductive usually to have a meeting and discuss something, <laughs> especially if those discussions yeah. are repeated, right? Um, however, if you are a manager, you re- literally only have meetings, right? And only have discussions. And they're <laughs> actually extremely productive because you are enabling others and maybe solving the blocks, uh, the, the, the kind of like conflicts yeah. And, yeah. And, and blocks uh, and blockers and whatever. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like hard to measure, right? Do you think uh, meetings are productive? Yeah, I think I think there can be productive meetings, and uh, there can definitely be unproductive meetings. And um, the same with code can be productive software and definitely, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I think uh, it's important, especially because okay, if we define productivity as uh, a way of optimizing result from your effort, and if you say that meeting is effort, right? In order to optimize re- result, you first need to know what the result will be, right? So, the, especially for meetings, there are so many meetings that have no agenda. They're just like a glorified stand-up, for example, where everybody is just talking about something, but maybe no real idea of what the end goal should be. So, the way that I like meetings to be run is uh, when, yeah, before the meeting, people know what uh, what what we're gonna make decision on. Like, wh- why do we even have this meeting? Is this uh, to approve something? Is it to raise concern about something? And then uh, you can basically reduce the effort and maximize the result of the meeting, right? Because everybody's focused. Uh, you don't talk about uh, other things. Everybody is prepared on the topic even, right? Yeah, and super easy then to spot maybe the discussion that was previously made. You could prepare for a meeting, right? So while you were constructing yep. agenda, so like a list of items that you will talk about, and then you are announcing this meeting, then people could, in theory, check the agenda and even decide yep. if they are needed there, right? So first of all, you are reducing mm-hmm. maybe the, the toil for the team. 
but you also kind of enable uh, others to prepare and maybe add additional thoughts, maybe prepare some data or or decide, you know, that uh, provide like, hey, this is the previous discussion, some kind of like reference point. So it's extremely good. I want to kind of take it farther. I wonder if, if you would agree with me, but would you say, <laughs> can we have a strong rule that if you have a meeting and there is no agenda, you just cancel immediately. You just you don't go there. I would love that. I would love that. I'm doing this. Honestly, I'm maybe not doing that, you know, like, no, honestly, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Especially I just joined <laughs> Google, so I don't want to kind of, um, I don't know, be very aggressive with, with other people yeah, who have yeah, different yeah. culture, different maybe methodology. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I try to have my meetings to have always some agenda, right? even if it's yeah, one yeah. sentence yeah. though. Exactly. exactly. That's what we're talking about. It doesn't have to be like two pages of detailed explanation about every detail in the meeting. Like that's why you have the meeting to iron out all of the details but even one two sentences about what is uh, what are the expectations uh, what are you actually trying to solve rather than just a vague title of a meeting that yeah it, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense so i would yeah I, I, we had a lot of meetings in my in my experience where there was no agenda no one put anything before and it was like recurring meeting which are the worst <laughs> because mm, yes, because yes. recurring meetings kind of enforce some topics, even though maybe there was no need. So when that no agenda was there, like it was kind of clear um, to, 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 for everybody to discuss, okay, let's cancel or let's skip it, right? Um, I think yeah. the, 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 the kind of exception here are one-on-ones. Um, usually mm-hmm. we want to just join even for five minutes, just to, especially yes. in remote environment, even with no agenda. And I'm, I can blame mm-hmm. myself a lot to, to not have agenda. Sometimes I try <laughs> to put agenda five minutes before or something. Mm-hmm. But, but I, 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 I guess it would be amazing to prepare better for one-on-ones. But, but generally, it's okay to have no agenda for those and still meet yeah. because of this human interaction mm-hmm. and where you see each other, there might be some kind of like emotion, something that will come up only, only yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. However, do you think that maybe you always have some kind of implicit agenda in these meetings? Like you're probably always asking, how are you feeling? Is everything all right? Uh, do you have any blockers? Like th- this is an agenda that always happens in one-on-ones, but uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be written down. Although I, ha- I have had managers in the past that were very, um, uh, I guess, well-prepared when it comes to one-on-ones and we had this rolling document where, especially when we were all working remote, we were just sharing the screen and looking at this uh, document and just filling out fields, right? It was very structured. So it made it made things like uh, very easy to track. Like for example, if I raised some, cons- raised some concern the previous week, this week we there's no chance we miss it because we're all looking at the same thing where we put our thoughts. But yeah, w- what do you think? Do you think this is like too much? Or do you think that that's potentially a good idea? Definitely. So this is what I wanted to kind of like um, add to this kind of like meeting productivity. One thing is to prepare for the meeting. Second thing is to capture what was discussed. Because very often agenda mm-hmm. was one thing, but then we sidetracked and we maybe discussed something else, which is fine. But um, we really have to capture those, those things, right? And one way is to record the meetings and to, to see what will have been discussed. But I don't like this because, you know, I don't have time to watch those things, right? And capturing like the high level notes 
is one of the best skills you can have as a, as you know in engineering mm -hmm. or, or management. Um, be able to note down things and also talk to others. And don't I would discourage to note note things um, in your personal notebook. You can, but ideally you note down things in a shared document so everybody can correct what they said. Maybe you you yeah. you miss you know you kind of like misunderstood something. So this is like excellent mm -hmm. for the reason of recording information for later, but also for verifying of the, you know, like the, 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 the message giver um, that yep. you understood things correctly, right? So many times mm -hmm. somebody noted down things I said, it was opposite what I said, right? Um, because yeah, of yeah. the communication issues. So, so to those two reasons are extremely good. So I, I always try to note take. And honestly, almost all people... I was working with was not good at note taking or were not even doing this right and i was only alone yeah. doing this um there were maybe a couple of people who were excellent but and in prometheus community for example like we always have someone who is note taking which is amazing it's not very common yeah though. how's in your your mm. experience yeah yeah i think this actually raises a very good point about the importance of uh the medium that you use to communicate. For example, wh what is the efficiency rating of communicating via text versus via just talking? And one example can be, let's take your book, for example. I can read your book in like, I don't know, six hours, maybe seven, eight. It's a big book. But, but the important part is that you have spent months and months and, and you have experience built over years in order to synthesize into a book that somebody can read in a day, right? And then uh, the efficiency of this knowledge transfer is like so much higher than if we sit in a, in a meeting, right? And you just try to explain all of the concepts in your books, uh, how you came out, uh, how, how you came up with them and, and, and so on and so forth. And that's a, an interesting point here. Like if we take this and, uh, put it into like the work environment, how does this look like? A and to me, this looks like more asynchronous uh, communication. Uh, we have a running, let's say, design document in which you can add comments. You can spend on your own time when you're free, skim through the parts that you don't care about, go into detail about the parts that you care about. Let's say you're more interested into the security aspect of that, like you're going to spend significantly more time on the security aspect of that rather than being stuck in a meeting that talks only about whatever the ui for example that you don't potentially care about yeah it makes sense i love it and i really like your comparison because it, it it speaks to me right like i could right after making the research and let's say roughly preparing what i want to share like talk to you about efficient go in 24 hour meeting right but then yep, yep. we will be tired and of course it will be super hard for anyone to like have focus for that time. But it will be impossible for me to like be such, have such prepared content for 24 hours. I would need to prepare yep. up front a lot. And this is exactly the same with, uh, with our work, right? It many, many times I saw people repeating themselves because it was different audience, because, you know, they yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. want to reinforce something. And, um, and, and this document first approach is so much more efficient, even though it feels more <laughs> inefficient because you have to spend maybe three hours to prepare the content, not half an hour meeting, but this three mm -hmm. hours mm -hmm. preparation of the doc, design doc in Google doc or whatever, you can share and scale 
and you can kind of reinforce those those things. And even when you repeat the same story many times, it will be different. So it will be much more confusing. Yeah. So I unfortunately have this tendency to spam design docs and and, <laughs> and spend too much time on those to refine, to make it not too long as well, to make it very concise. Yeah. But it's I think it's worth time, worth my time really. And even more, yeah, yeah. what do you think about this document-first approach as a support? Um, you know, I'm on support sometimes as well. We support open source users mm -hmm. in our open source project in the CNCF, like Thanos Prometheus. And I, maybe that I'm, I'm not a hacker. I, I don't like quickly hacking and quickly, you mm -hmm, know, like doing mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. I like to do things in a refined and very detailed and like ideally perfect, which is, of course, stupid also. But... You know, my point is that whenever somebody asks questions, and it's not in the documentation, it's not written somewhere in any discussion, yeah. I would love to, to not answer them, but go write this design doc, come back mm -hmm, after two days mm -hmm. to him or her, and, and give the link to the doc. What do you think about that? Yeah. I, I think this makes a lot of sense. And this is amazing and it's going to be wonderful for mature projects, right? Imagine your project changes every day. Uh, docu documentation becomes a support burden as well, like because uh, you have to maintain it as your project changes. Well, okay, I, I read the documents, but it, it's not apply, applicable for a new version. My new version is broken. Then you spend another two days to update <laughs> this document. Oh, oh, this is one day because maybe updating is easier. Nah, yeah, it, it, it's not often applicable for everything, but I mean, it would be amazing, no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, we, we, I, I want to change uh, the topic a little bit. We talked about uh, meetings, we talked about uh, documentation. Um, I was, when preparing for this uh, this topic, uh, I remembered uh, an abstract from a book that I read uh, a while back. To be honest, I, I didn't really went into a lot of details into this book, but uh, the quote that I remembered, or like the abstract that I remembered, I thought is very applicable. Uh, it is a book called High Output Management by uh, the former Intel CEO, uh, Andrew Grove. And it's a relatively short book, but um, it's a popular um, resource for like, I guess, managers. And one of the uh, ideas there was that basically there are only two reasons why somebody won't do their job. Uh, and these reasons are either they lack the skill or knowledge so basically there is some technical skills gap or some expertise or they're not uh, uh, prepared for the role that they uh, are working in and the second reason is lack of motivation right because no matter how um, how good they are and how knowledgeable they are if they don't want to do something they may have low morale or any other factors but they basically won't do the task and it's important uh, uh, the thing that uh, Andrew Grove raises there that it's the manager's responsibility, you know, to uh, detect these things and uh, help uh, uh, help their employees, uh, you know, either motivate them or uh, help them fill the gaps in their uh, knowledge and expertise. But if we're talking about improving your productivity, your day-to-day -day productivity, you can kind of apply the same concepts. So, like you can try to find out, okay, why am I struggling uh, to produce uh, results? Now, is it because I am not understanding something? I have uh, technical gaps that I need to fill? Or is it because the work is just not interesting to me? And you have to be kind of honest with you. And if it's not interesting to you, uh, you can either try to find something else to do, or there are some various hacks around 
to help you change your maybe my, your mindset and try to find um, motivation in what you're doing. Oh man, this is super important. I think we we kind of miss this usually part, right? Like we, I don't know, like we we hire people. We maybe have some internships. Maybe we have some onboardings, and we we give them tools. We give them laptops. We give them access <laughs> to our repositories and and documents and you know systems uh, infrastructure, and then you know give some knowledge, and then yeah, you just work right. Like you, we totally don't give them like explicitly a motivation. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, we yeah, just yeah. assume that when we hire them, they have motivation to earn money, so they will do everything that company wants them to do, right? But that's not so, that simple. At least, especially for the for the you know like somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think um, we expect people to 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 nail this point on their own, like find the motivation. Um, and yeah. I, I don't think this is as easy as we think. I think many people lack of this understanding what they want what actually makes them more productive and motivated mm -hmm. what's their mm -hmm. interest um it's really hard what do you think yeah what do you think about like new on new people uh you work with and finding their motivation or like is are they even thinking about motivation or it's like hidden i think there are many different ways you can approach that the one that i liked and I have actually applied with some people that I'm working with, is uh, something that a, 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 manage, a common manager of ours showed us showed me a while back. Um, shout out to Luke from uh, Improbable. Um, so he did this exercise with me uh, a while back, and you, you can definitely find uh, examples of this uh, somewhere online, but um, the basic idea is uh, you have a set of cards, right? And each card shows you some kind of uh, quality or some kind of uh, idea that is potentially important for you. And you basically go through these stages where you eliminate cards. So let's say um, collaboration is important for me. So I uh, put it in a stack. Uh, let's say innovation is important for me. But let's say maybe uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Give an example. Uh, no, maybe <laughs> old, maybe low-level coding or... Yeah, that's, let's say this is not important to me, so I throw it away or something. And in the end, you're left with uh, only five cards, right? And these are the five cards that you care a lot about. And if these five cards, you're satisfied 100% with your day-to-day -day job with regards to these five cards, this means, that, this means that you will be motivated, right? So this is maybe an easy way to um, try to extract, uh, you know, what are the important things for you or for the people that you work with and... Um, basically then have conversations okay how satisfied are you with the innovations that we do in our team and if not what can we do to fix that so that's i guess one technique to just have conversations about uh, what motivates people this is interesting so there are two problems with that approach and so i mean there are lots of positive mm -hmm. things but yeah. two mm -hmm. kind of things that i would be yeah. worried about like thing, thing first thing is you know what if people are shy or maybe they know about yep. some motivational point that they're scared to share. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's one thing. Uh, I don't know what it could be. Maybe it's, for example, they don't, they don't, they don't like to be on call. But for example, like, yeah, you yeah. know, everybody is on call and you are kind of like, um, you, you, they feel they wouldn't be valuable to share that information, right? Because, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you know, 
they would hire for that, for example, or maybe some other you know, tedious tasks and maybe documentation. Maybe they hate write, writing mm -hmm. tests and maybe yep. you know, they hate talking to people. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but they, they are scared to share that. That's one thing. And second problem is what if there is literally necessary work, like on-call, for example, that mm -hmm. people hate to do? Right? Like those two things are kind of like, um, what do you do then? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very good uh, point. And uh, I think it goes back to um, if you're doing this for yourself, you have to be honest with yourself and, uh, you know, try to really understand w what motivates you and saying, okay, actually, and, and that's not easy, right? Uh, figuring out that, let's say, um, on call or like, uh, let's say, after hours work or like this particular type of work, let's say, documentation makes me sad, for example, uh, it's difficult to do, right? Uh, but uh, if, you, if we're talking about, uh, let's say, the people that you're working with, and if you have, uh, like, if you're managing someone, um, and this technique doesn't showcase, uh, you know, these, I guess, hidden um, things that are making them unhappy, like, it definitely, I guess, goes to the, to the part of just, like, having open discussions about you know, generally how the work is going and so on and so forth. And you, you kind of have to, um, without them telling you directly, you have to <laughs> figure out what, what is happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's really important to, first of all, like be at least share that <clears throat> to, to yourself. Like acknowledge you. Yep. Maybe hate something. Maybe you are really not eff effective. You are not motivated to do some work, right? That's the first step. Like this is amazing that you know, at least, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then... I think this is concept, um, we are entering the concept of mindfulness, where you understand what your goals are and what you are good at, what you are really, you know, like, shit at, and what you know, mm -hmm. maybe you're not passionate about, and what you are passionate about. So once you know those things, you can really make a meaningful decisions. What it means is that I, I really like to think about this uh, motivation part in terms of uh, equation. Like the percent of energy mm -hmm. you have for doing things you don't like, right? And yep. you have some tolerance. Everybody has some tolerance. And somebody are impatient. Some people are impatient and maybe have, you know, only 10 minutes every day to do some, something, um, you know, uncomfortable. Ideally with the gym, with like things. You know, gym is not fun. Yep, yep. Like it's not, you don't <laughs> do gym for fun. You, you do gym to really build the discipline and, and, and feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. But like during that period, it might be half an hour, it might be one hour. Some people are able to run marathons for like four hours. And this is the amount mm -hmm. of, of, of time they are willing to do uncomfortable things, in my opinion, right? And how you deal with this uh, uncomfortableness, right? So, but anyway, I think there is some energy limit, maybe weekly, maybe daily. And yeah, yeah. you might have like tedious tasks that you don't like, but then you kind of like fit that into this energy levels. You, you acknowledge that at some point, oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, on, 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 almost to the limit. So I have to switch to something fun. And ideally, this is also yeah, productive too. fun. Maybe, maybe you are switching to the task that you like to do. Maybe mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. doing this uh, site uh, architecture design, and maybe you are doing helping mentoring somebody in, on the on the on the side, right? So this is why engineers usually maybe this is not why, but another reason why usually in the work, not only engineers, you have mm -hmm. multitasking, mm -hmm. right? So you do multiple tasks in the same time because you may be blocked, but yep. also to to kind of like balance out uncomfortable things 
with things that boost your confidence mm -hmm. and, and comfort. So you don't burn out essentially, right? So burnout to me is when you're doing these uncomfortable things beyond your energy levels, not only yep, weekly yep, levels, yep. but the early level, for example. So it's, 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 this, is, this is that part, right? Another point I want yeah, to kind yeah, of yeah. maybe mention before I will let you to speak is <laughs> no that you could, or maybe it's too deep, but um, I feel like even if you're doing something uncomfortable, something you know you don't like, mm -hmm. and, um, and ca that kind of like, um, we can talk about specifics, like I hate hacking, right? I hate doing quick fixes that I know are mm -hmm. not, you know, long-term and... It's yep, against yep. all my values. So I will sometimes do it. Sometimes <laughs> I will procrastinate enormously. I hopefully, hopefully mm -hmm. my, you know, my colleagues will not hear that. No, I'm just saying exactly. <laughs> joking. They, they'd probably know. You know, like, like adjusting alert, which doesn't make sense, for example, in infrastructure. I hate yeah, this. Yeah. This alert doesn't make sense. Let's fix it long term. And some people would have this willingness to just fix this alert and forget. Fix it in a sense like adjust mm -hmm. tuning just for short term, just for a week. And then we can think about later. And that's a correct approach, mm -hmm. probably, right? Because we don't have time to, you know, and make things to the perfection. Anyway, but this quick fixing is my uh, weakness. And so you, I'm using my energy levels of uh, uncomfortness to, to do that. Mm -hmm. and, but there is a way to make fun of it, right? To, to make something tedious fun in your mind, right? So you can play mm -hmm. with different things you are passionate about, but... It's like acceptance. It's like you, you accept you have to do it, embrace it, but you kind of bring some passionate yep. parts into it. So maybe you are quickly fixing it, but maybe you are documenting, uh, you know, what's the long-term solution should be on the way. So you feel you do yep. a quick fix, brutal, hacky thing, but then I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of like embrace this passion of, of, of doing long-term stuff. That's a very specific example, but, but it applies to everywhere. What do you think? Yeah, uh, this makes a lot of sense. I like your approach of uh, how you try to make this uh, more fun for you. I think it all boils down to um, short-term happiness uh, versus, you know, long-term fulfillment. Yeah. And to be honest, like, uh, I'm gonna um, peek behind the curtain and, uh, mm -hmm. and tell our listeners where you are right now <laughs> so you're right now in greece right you're on holiday in greece yes and in uh, you have chosen you have chosen to spend like one hour and record a podcast episode with me and you, you don't do it because this gives you the most amount of uh, short-term happiness maybe you want to dive in the pool behind you and this will give you the most short-term happiness <laughs> but you probably realize that uh, you know by doing this podcast uh, you're working towards like a longer term goal and this will make you more fulfilled if you say that, I don't know, in like one year we have recorded, I don't know, X amount of episodes. And yeah, uh, I think there's always, always, always uh, something more fun to do, right? Uh, even like when you're at work, maybe you want to play video games, maybe you want to go with for a beer with friends, like this would be more fun uh, for you. Even, I, I don't know, if you're reading some, I don't know, textbook or if you're studying or if you're trying to improve yourself, there's probably so many more fun things to do. You might just want to eat ice cream and watch TV. Like this will probably... You know, visual, like things that you forget, it's wasted time, but you still do it because yep. it kind of feeds you dopamine, right? So that's the ultimate exactly, exactly. shitty things you can do, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and in your day-to-day -day work, also, if you realize uh, what are your longer-term goals, 
and what will make you feel more fulfilled, you can then basically trick your mind to say, okay, I don't want to, yeah. you know, make these hacky things or I don't want to write documentation or I don't want to work on this project. But what will happen if I do? What will happen if I work on these things and I do an amazing job instead of just, uh, you know, do a mediocre job? Like, And you, you, if you then think about how this will make you feel fulfilled in the long term, maybe that's another way to kind of gain motivations uh, to do things that you don't want to do. But this also uh, reminds me of um, another thing that... Uh, um, that I read a while back. And I, I think you also uh, read this book called Atomic Habits. It's quite um, popular, I guess, nowadays. I, I'm seeing it uh, in a bunch of places. And they talk about uh, this concept of, you know, doing things that you don't want to do. And they give you uh, some maybe clear um, steps in order to, uh, you know, hack your way of thinking and basically do the things that you want to do in a better way. But uh, th- there are a bunch of like basic ideas. Like for example, if you don't want to do something, so if you have a bad habit, mm-hmm. just make it less accessible, right? Uh, um, and I, I could give one example uh, <laughs> a while back. Maybe in my free time, I was uh, spending too much time playing video games. And I wanted to do other things like uh, uh, I wanted to, you know, maybe work on side projects or... I, I know the pain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so I literally just told my wife to change my PC password. Whoa. So I didn't know my password. So I, <laughs> I, I basically could, couldn't play games, right? Because if I... And it's not that I couldn't. The, the Just the barrier to playing games was higher. I just had to go and say, hey, uh, Christina, can you just uh, type the password for me and then uh, you know, I can play games? Yeah. Just because it's it, it took like, I don't know, one more minute and I had to ask someone, it, it made it so much easier to say, oh, maybe I'll just start working and see how it goes. And then once you start doing something, then it's much easier to kind of continue doing it. And nowadays, I, I know my password. <laughs> it just only took like, I don't know, a week or two. But you learn. You learn on the way and y- yes, you don't yes, have yes, this, yes. This, this addiction really, right? So I fully agree. Yeah. And there was this funny, I think it comes from my childhood, like this thinking that, if I want to be fit and I, I was like essentially overeating, right? I, I love food. <laughs> there was this kind of like time where um, I was thinking, yeah, I'm doing um, 10 push-ups um, if I want to open the fridge. <laughs> and, and that's kind of, of course, <laughs> the, you know, you would need to have discipline to do that. But, but otherwise, things like that um, um, kind of make sense. Another thing that is super helpful in, in a sim- similar realm is... You know, maybe you like beer and wine, and you know, it's not mm-hmm. alcoholism yet, but you know, maybe if you are taking it, you know, too often, <laughs> then it's kind of like it's also like unhealthy for you. And I think the worst thing you can do is to hide from your partner, right? Mm-hmm. For example, oh, maybe yep. they will judge me, whatever. So being transparent with others, with your family about, no, about like, hey, I would love to drink a beer with you or whatever. It's just then it opens the discussion. You kind of have this. Not only you're not learning your own uh, consciousness about really side effects of, of your actions, but, but also mm-hmm. you discuss it with others. You help them because they have the same similar addictions and weaknesses. So, 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 and also with the gaming, right? Like, hey, sharing to your partner, you know, I was playing game, you know, like 80 hours yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and, not <laughs> be, and, and because hopefully the partner is understandable and kind of like, you know, like not embarrassing you too much, but... 
a little bit embarrassment can help as well, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully agree. Yeah, it's a good good point. But maybe okay. Yep. But maybe yep. when we, we dive more, I really want to return back to the motivation during the work, and I want you to ask. Yep. Like, yep. I mean, ask you specifically: Do you have any anything that what motivates you really, Ivan? And what's it's uncomfortable doing work for you? Because I shared mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me is hacking. And yep. what's comfortable and I, I really passionate about is innovation. Those two things. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, what's passionate for me is also innovation and basically working on uh, new problems. But um, not only uh, thinking about how can we, you know, code this better and like program it and make it faster and so on and so forth, but also trying to solve uh, problems that are not solved in general in the products that we have like um, coming up with new use cases and going from from the design approach to implementation to release and then getting feedback and so on and so forth uh, so yeah i think this is super interesting to me just building building products and seeing them solve problems for others that's super interesting to me and i guess what i don't find interesting and it take and maybe i also procrastinate these things because i guess it's normal if you're not so so motivated to do this um and these are dealing with maybe some more bureaucratic processes and when you well, like if you want to do something and you need to get like five approvals and you need to speak with like many people and then you're doing kind of process just for the sake of process and this kind of demotivates me and uh yeah, I, I definitely see the point in some of these things, especially when, uh, you know, both of us are working. It doesn't matter, Ivan. It doesn't which, matter if it's yeah. point of those things or not. It really mm. matters what you think about those, like, um, you know, yeah, yeah. why you are not interesting, uh, interested about those and, and, you know, how you deal with doing this un- uncomfortable stuff. I guess maybe if you explain to yourself mm. the underlying goal of those, you can make it, uh, yeah. yeah, like more comfortable, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, maybe one of the reasons is, and maybe, maybe there are other reasons as well, but uh, one of the reasons is uh, the same amount of effort that you're putting in some of these processes. Let's say you put two hours in order to do something, to write some proposal, yeah. get some approvals, or like something like that. Um, if you directly translate it to your most productive effort, which I don't know what it is for you, but for me it's maybe like, I don't know, coding. And I feel like for two hours of coding, I can do so much more than two hours of chasing, <laughs> you know, approvals from people. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you basically feel less less productive, right? Even though maybe you're not less productive, it's just your perception of uh, just because you're doing maybe different type of work. And so what do you do when you have, uh, you know, Monday, you come to the work and you see that your team needs approvals in five different things? and team wants you to tackle this yeah <laughs> this is uh, quite relevant right now by the way because uh, <laughs> we're, we're going through some migrations and uh, we have a lot of this type of work but uh yeah uh, either way I, the way that i do it is i just block some time in my day-to-day to do these things and then i know okay do you do uncomfortable things in the morning or rather afternoon yeah it doesn't matter it just has to be set time it just has to be i'm committing myself to do this at this point in time right yeah i don't because i'm super curious like i'm i don't know either like i couldn't figure out what's better like booking time is amazing but then 
doing hard tasks in the morning feels better because you are so fresh. Mm. You are super kind of, you know, focused. And I'm fasting as well, so I'm not eating before like mm -hmm. 4 p.m. Sorry, 4 p.m., 2 p.m. Yep. And, um, you know, like it feels like very productive time for anything. But then wasting mm -hmm. this productive time on things which are uncomfortable <laughs> and shit, it also feels wrong. But then if you push it after, like next year, almost um, before you finish, then usually you are too tired, right? So honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel I would still push the uncomfortable things uh, <laughs> to, the, to the evening, but honestly, I don't have an answer here. Maybe I need to experiment yeah. more. Well, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But this uh, brings an interesting point about uh, times of day that you are productive in and uh, maybe utilizing that to your advantage. And it's also important to know that uh, people are different. Uh, like, for example, for me, mornings are definitely not the most productive time. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel so sleepy in the morning. Even mm -hmm. if I had like two coffees, I, I still feel sleepy. Oh, man. And it takes me some time to get get into gear that's the most productive most time around. how you <laughs> I, I i woke up yeah, also, also, yeah. also yeah. i just woke up get the coffee i sit down to the computer and i'm doing best my work best work for two hours so funny like we are yeah, different right? so when you are the most productive yeah, i don't know maybe midday maybe around lunch um yeah I just need some time to you know get going um <laughs> but yeah I, I don't know some people are very productive uh, you know uh, at night they're night owls right they will work from i know 10 p.m until i know 2 a.m so something. my wife is next to me um, and she's like uh, yes 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 you are night owl but i disagree <laughs> but yeah some people love that um, and i think it makes sense if you have lazy day which mm -hmm. is pr probably what night owls are doing because if they are super super long in the night then they can sleep very 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 long right same for me by the way uh, i also after 11 pm it's very difficult for me to do anything uh, other than sleep uh, <laughs> but um, what do you think about uh, <laughs> our normal i guess work culture and the fact that p people usually work from nine to five or whatever nine to six um do you think that people that are let's say night owls suffer from that right Wh why shouldn't people work when they are most productive and maybe some companies do, like if you're fully remote and you can do, you can work wherever you want, whenever you want. But yeah, do you think work time should be flexible and everybody should work whenever they want? Yeah, I don't think we are entitled to talk about that, honestly, because our work <laughs> is flexible. I can work anytime. I can work, you know, nine hours and I probably they would, you know, my company would prefer working like that because my team is in New York, right? Mm -hmm. It would be even better if I would start my work at 3 p.m. UK time and and finish in the night, right? So, um, and I think the problem, and it's also flexible when you maybe have uh, no family or something like that. Right now I have a very small baby, <laughs> so maybe, you know, it's actually, you know, like kind of better for me to wake up, mandatory to wake up early. So <laughs> I don't have a choice, right? So it's typically what humans do with the sun up. <laughs> but um, my point is that flexible hours would be amazing for everyone, but not everybody has this privilege. And why it's amazing yep. for flexible hours? Because I'm not productive every day. Um, because of this balance mm -hmm. of energy I mentioned, right? So the balance mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. um, of the things I do which are comfortable, uncomfortable, maybe for certain, mm -hmm. certain like uh, skill set I want to utilize and certain part of my brain, maybe time for talking with others, maybe time to deep focusing. So really mm -hmm, managing mm -hmm. those time slots are not so simple that I can have as a, a, a regular schedule every day. 
So there, yeah. there might be days with full meetings. There might be days with zero meetings. And I like that. I want that. I want to dynamically change this mm-hmm. uh, and coordinate with others as well. But, you know, my wife had a job with like super strict hours because, you know, there were deadlines every day. There were like 10 deadlines during the day. So there is no way for mm-hmm. you to decide one hour you want to chill out and watch <laughs> Netflix and yeah. then maybe work hour uh, later. No, no, no. You, you have to work it. And I don't know. My wife enjoyed it. So I'm surprised, but <laughs> I wouldn't. But maybe all <laughs> different types is different. Uh, different type of people have different preferences. But to me, flexible hours for everyone would be amazing. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe the only problem that I see is uh, collaboration time, right? If if you need to be working together, if you need to jump on a call, uh, then it makes sense for people to have some set and it doesn't have to be eight hours continuous, right? You can say, okay, we have four hours where people need to be online. But yeah, whatever. Interesting, another point building on, on this concept is uh, work week. And work week uh, being not five days, but maybe four days, or I don't know, six days, seven days, three days. I don't know, what, what, what do you think? Actually, do you know, do you know uh, why we have five-day work week nowadays? No, I will be ignorant, but to me... <laughs> It feels like I was uh, was always learning that this is because of at least our religion in Europe, like Catholic. So definitely mm. Sunday is off work. So that was always because of Catholic religion. I mean, there are all the religions <laughs> that have different days, of yeah. course. Uh, but it's similar pattern. Uh, I don't know what about Saturday. I think people, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure if this is like a true story. It might be, but uh, I think it was... Uh, like last century when people were uh, working in factories and um, I think it was actually Ford uh, who basically found out that uh, if he, he can increase the productivity of, uh, of his workers if they work only five, uh, five days and they have some more time to rest, right? And uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Like again, think about uh, how you can increase the productivity not of a single person, but of a group of people and uh, if you change their working hours, may- you can get like counterintuitive results. Because, I don't know, if you're working seven days, I don't know, 12 hours, at some point you become unproductive. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think we should reduce the days, working days? We have seen a bunch of like pilot studies across the world of, you know, companies trying to do that. And uh, all the results that I have seen show that productivity is at least not decreased versus five-day uh, work week, and in some cases it is even increased. Do you think? Uh, do you think those I results know. are not biased? Because I expect everybody yeah. asked, "Do do you like?" Uh, <laughs> imagine there's experiment. You have a couple of weeks of yep. four days. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen anyone, anyone who said, "No, no, no I <laughs> prefer more days." <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah, management I, I, uh, I, I, to, to really mm-hmm. control whatever people, other people will do, but it feels like it will be biased yeah. right answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, it definitely can be biased, and it's not only in the way that you collect the data. It's if I'm a company that is willing to experiment with four-day work weeks, I'm already kind of positive about that. I'm not doing it because of <laughs> I don't know whatever reason. I'm doing it because I think that it can work, right? And if you think it can work, it's also how it's not applicable for you know, many, many jobs. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, like a cashier or a waiter or a um, mm-hmm, waitress mm-hmm. Or, or kind of like um, those jobs where you are paid per day. So it's like they are, yeah. they, they, 
if, if there will be a rule that, hey, we work four days uh, a week and like it's forced and then, you know, it's even mm -hmm. like super, super prohibitive for them to earn money, right? So, yeah. Yep. I would, we, we I would rather yeah. trade flexibility and have more flexibility and keep five days, increase even to six, but like have some flexibility mm -hmm. where you have to do, you know, like, uh, I don't know, some amount of hours usually or some work ideally. But uh, flexibility mm -hmm. is what's super important to me. And yep. with family yep, yep. as well, in, in remote environment, uh, and especially with kids, like you really would love to kind of have choice where, you know, because sometimes my, my life right now with baby, like baby controls my life usually, right? So it's like, it's not like <laughs> I have a, a choice. So uh, it's, it's really important. But again, yeah, might be different for different people. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um... I think uh, for me, if you, I, I think it goes back to um, motivations, right? And uh, if you have a job that, uh, you know, feels like play or something that you enjoy so much, you can easily work, I don't know, seven, seven days, 12 hours. But yeah, it, it very much depends. And it's also maybe about balancing and uh, again, other long-term goals outside of work. Okay, I would love to hear more about this atomic habits, like we kind of like get, got back to the motivation, mm -hmm. but you mentioned there are ways to kind of do the uncomfortable things, uh, you know, like end the procrastination yep. or like reduce the procrastination, which is hopefully you understand that this is the, the, the most important word you, everybody, every human should learn and acknowledge <laughs> we are procrastinating, which means to me, we are yep. delaying the work as much as possible because we are afraid or we don't want it or it's uncomfortable. So how to reduce procrastination? You mentioned make the this bad habits less accessible. Anything mm -hmm. else? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, one of the main points uh, in the book is that a lot of small improvements uh, combined together can have like a huge impact. And the way that you get the small uh, I guess habits in place is by trying to enf enforce them and it's like kind of the opposite of uh, how you want to discourage bad habits it, basically you make things more obvious you make them uh, more easy to do more I don't know satisfying so yeah. I think one of the examples in the book was uh, placing uh, your toothbrush uh, closer to I don't know, wherever you brush your teeth. So it's opposite like so of, the, of the previous suggestion, right? Exactly. So make more accessible those things which are good for you. Yeah, yeah. And I think it actually is the same thing that you mentioned about uh, what you are doing uh, with the push-ups and opening the fridge, right? You, you're making push-ups more attractive to you because you know that the reward for this will be <laughs> opening the fridge, right? It's super important. And and for example, like I hate running and sometimes it's necessary. Like if you, I, or like morning gym, it's super bad, ha hard for me. And you know, like mm -hmm. preparing your clothes and equipment uh, the night before is like so yep. helpful. Then you are in this autopilot mode, which is more accessible for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think this was also this exact example was mentioned in the book, and the idea is uh, if you start doing something uh, for five seconds or like for I don't know fifteen seconds, it's very easy to continue doing it, even if it's not the most exciting thing for you, right? For example, running, but actually getting these first 
the, this first step that like that's very difficult and uh if you have a lot of barriers in front of it oh i need to um find where my shoes are i need to you know find where my running clothes are and, and this makes it more difficult to say ah oh, why am i bothering uh, i should just like i don't know eat some ice cream uh, but if you have everything set up for you and the only decision that you have to make is okay do i step out of the door or no like it's much easier decision than having to prep yeah totally everything else one thing that i wanted to mention maybe maybe we we talked about a little bit is when you're doing uncomfortable tasks or maybe tedious tasks that it's repeated for you i think there are so many ways you can make fun you can have fun on on the way right and mm -hmm. and that means i would suggest for people to be more egoistic in some way right where yep you are tailoring the, the studio task, you still have to do it, you do it, but then you have fun on the way, right? And I give you a specific example, mm -hmm. which scares me, really scares me, right? Like, mm -hmm. I have a baby and, and she, my Amelia daughter, she's, you know, two months old. And I have a lot of friends with, with babies, with children, with kids. And, you know, there is particular friends of ours who had, uh, who have like two, two children. And when the daughter was two years old or something, you know, the, the mom, their, uh, her mom was saying, every time we're, they, we were visiting them, they were tired. Mm -hmm. and, and she was saying, oh, every time we're playing, you know, in the morning or with this daughter, oh, I just, I just, I just kind of like thinking, oh, I'm waiting for the nap. I'm waiting for her. <laughs> I'm just trying to yeah. really burn the time, right? And, and go to the mm. nap. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's the worst thing you could do with your life. Just, just totally <laughs> like try to, maybe not the worst, of course, sorry. But like, it's very like, um, it's kind of sad that you are considering your time with a baby as a, as a weight. And of course, um, this can happen because you're tired. Like there might be nice time with a mm. baby and then you get tired because it's repetitive. But like there are mundanous and tedious tasks that, you know, you can have fun and maybe it's your, you know, like mental direction, but also the actions you are doing yeah. to only satisfy the, the baby, but not you. So you are not mm -hmm. make, you're doing this kind of, you're burning this energy of this uncomfortable or, or tedious things, right? And I fortunately didn't have this time. Every time I'm, I'm you know, having fun with the baby, honestly, I had fun. But also, I was very tailoring this time, right, for me. So yep. there were tons of times, and hopefully no one will send anyone <laughs> to, to rescue my baby from, from me, but uh, I was playing video games. And of course, she was not watching this. She was kind of like close to me, hugging, and we were like, I don't know, hearing, I mean, listening to some hair audio yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like music for hair, whatever, or the white noise, and it's little baby as well. Mm -hmm. But I was literally hugging her and dancing and whatever but i had control in my hand and i was like playing games and also i was watching you know series i was listening to podcasts when we were going and and having a you know everyday walk in the trolley mm -hmm. and maybe maybe we're learning something together we are traveling together and we are swimming you know we were trying swimming pool now uh, in greece mm -hmm. and we had fun together right and also, I, I, I'm trying to make sure that my wife has some time off and kind of like do her stuff, even though it's in together. My point is, is that I feel there is a lot of things you can do to avoid this, 
wasted time where you're just waiting for the nap, right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It's like essentially making it more egoistic. It's not only thinking about the baby and doing things for the baby, 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 baby. I'm not important, only baby, baby. No, Mm -hmm. we are all important because if you are not important, you're not doing for yourself a little bit, then you will Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. take this time as a wasted, honestly, or just some mandatory time that you have to do. But then you're kind of not using your life to the fullest, kind of, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, This makes a lot of sense. But also it takes a lot of effort, right? It takes effort to recognize that and not only yep, for yep, yep. for the baby or something yeah but this is exactly the point for anything else in life like i'm mentoring someone right and maybe mm-hmm. mentoring a, a young person in engineering and we are coding together right i'm not i'm not choosing like a boring task for everyone or like maybe interesting for them <laughs> but boring for me no i'm innovating we're doing something crazy that maybe we will not finish mm-hmm. but we'll start we'll learn on the way it will be fun for me as well right and that is egoistic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it is egoistic in a in a very productive way for everyone. Where I'm, it's egoistic, but I'm kind of optimizing also other people' needs, right? I don't know. No, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, again, goes back to motivations. If you are uh, in your example, when you're mentoring someone, if you're not motivated about what they're doing, you're probably not gonna do a good job, right? You're gonna want to avoid this time or you won't be happy during this uh, yeah. so my point is to be egoistic <laughs> <laughs> yeah selfish selfish egoistic yeah you know in a, in a kind of like smart way of course anything else you wanted to mention in this atomic book you had lots of uh, atomic book <laughs> atomic habits yeah uh, honestly i just uh, i just uh, i just used uh, a summary of the book there to uh, to remind me of some things but uh yeah uh, i guess w- w- one atomic habit that was it's it's kind of crazy change in my day to day lifestyle was uh, we have a gym nearby and um, I, I have a membership for the gym it's maybe like I don't know 15 minutes of walking distance and I used to go like I don't know once a week maybe once every two weeks or something like that and then we bought a car and now instead of having to walk 15 minutes to the gym. I can do something enjoyable. I can drive my car and listen to music in the car for like five minutes. I don't know, three minutes. And now every day that I work from home for my lunch break, I just go to the gym. It's so easy, right? I don't, I don't like this, this, uh, the the same thing that we talked about, about uh, preparing your things and uh, having a hard decision about, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? Now it's very easy. Like I don't need to think, Oh, I need to walk 50 minutes and then walk 50 minutes back. It's like half an hour of wasted time. I just jump in the car, I drive three minutes, and then I do my gym workout. And it's like so much easier. Like, and this has made a huge difference. Just made going to the gym so much more accessible. So the barrier of me going to the gym is like much lower. And I don't know, but maybe to somebody it can seem stupid, like, oh, 50 minutes of walk, it's nothing. Like, it's kind of an exercise. Yeah, that's true, but uh, I don't know. It just. The whole process of for me of like conceptualizing, thinking about going to a gym is like so much easier now. Yeah, yeah, and and this is super powerful because it kind of composes two suggestions we did. It's more accessible because you spend less time commuting, mm-hmm. but also it's more interesting. So you are kind of more selfish, yep. you're more yep. egoistic because you you are doing things uh, on the side that makes that yep. is super fun, 
that that goes to the towards the direction of doing things uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like hitting the gym. And I had the same. Like I'm starting, um, you know, I, I I hate thinking about you know the gym and like the, the kind of like war, hard work I have to do there. But then when I think that I will go in my Mustang V8 and I will have fun <laughs> on the way, I just think about this car thingy. I sit in the car, I yeah. grab my, and then at some point I was like, oh oh, I arrive at gym. Ah. Whatever, yeah. let's do it. Because if I do it, I can come back in my Mustang as well. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, it's a little thing, but uh, it, it gets you going, right? And uh, unfortunately, we have to cheat each other in some way, uh, each, yep. cheat ourselves to do more productive work sometimes, yeah. I wanted to kind of maybe finalize our discussion with one important aspect I'm, uh, yeah, it's super hard to discuss, is the social media and how it uh, mm-hmm. boosts or reduces our productivity. Do you use social media? Yeah. Uh, not not so much nowadays, especially. Uh, maybe the only one is like a little bit of Twitter and uh, maybe LinkedIn from time to time. But uh, yeah, so you mean uh, reducing productivity by what? Wasting time there or something else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, procrastinating. Like it's very accessible mm-hmm. to tool to procrastinate. And I think my wife was looking on my phone Kasia, what's what's the timing for this? An hour, an hour or almost more than an hour on YouTube, yeah. and sometimes <laughs> an hour on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's like two year, two okay. hours every day, wasted, mm-hmm. right? And honestly, I'm yeah. doing that in the toilet mostly, <laughs> maybe not those hours, but um, and sometimes I'm literally going to the toilet mostly to just relax. And and just mm. uh, have a Twitter, right? And, and and do some kind of social media and do my thing. But also, you know, I could probably have less visits in toilet or something like that. And that's my procrastination. Yeah. And that's fine. As long as it doesn't impact your, your like, bigger goals. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think there are definitely different ways you can use social media. The social media is maybe you can think of it as a tool. And whether you use it productively or not can also depend on on you right okay so, so what you should avoid know, if you, what you should avoid ah good question i'm not sure maybe you should avoid just mindlessly scrolling yeah and doom scrolling right I, I, yeah i think one, one thing is like if you scroll and if you think about what was the something that i saw five minutes ago and you don't remember anything then it <laughs> probably means you should stop <laughs> yeah no i watched like amazing uh, video um, a YouTube video about some about this kind of like TikTok, right? And TikTok effect on every media because you know Instagram yeah. has their own and YouTube has shorts and other providers have even like I think Amazon was introducing something and this is also this is becoming like a really negative habit for everyone and it's also negative for adv- um, ad creators and ad, ad mm-hmm. business. So the I think the conclusion was that TikTok will die. Or like maybe not TikTok uh, per se, because maybe they will find mm-hmm. out that maybe longer videos you could submit through that. Mm-hmm. But everybody has negative effects. Like users, they don't even remember what they do. You have like literally the TikTok, common TikTok video <laughs> is like super short, but also it's like some kind of like joke or some kind of like mm-hmm. uh, statement, mm-hmm. some discussion, and then like Minecraft video on the background just to keep you going. This is so wrong. <laughs> Yes. On many levels, <laughs> imagine normal movie would do that. Like it's like a storytelling, and then it's Minecraft, <laughs> you know, background video. And 
So this is bad for users. This is bad for um, content creators because they then don't earn for those views because the, you have a lot of views, mm -hmm. but the retention is or like the, 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 the duration that the viewer is staying mm -hmm. is super short and ad business is also not using this to the full potential. So the prediction was it will die. Hopefully, and I really, um, I really would love to die because I cannot disable YouTube Shorts on on YouTube, and it kicks me. I mean, I'm trying my best to not use it, but sometimes I use, and I have to realize that oh, after 20 minutes, oh, I'm just using this time. Yeah. So I really try to focus on you the know? bigger YouTube videos and like more mm -hmm. books or I don't know other list podcasts. Yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. this is this is what I would I would suggest you to avoid. Don't. Don't install TikTok, honestly. I don't have TikTok, and I'm I'm super mm. happy, proud of that, honestly. Everybody, maybe I'm missing <laughs> the world, honestly, as well. But I think this is this is this should burn. This should burn. Yeah. So I think there's definitely one option. What What do you think about the option of embracing it and for us to upload all <laughs> in 15 seconds? That <laughs> would be hypocritical. It's like Bartek saying TikTok is wrong, <laughs> and then oh, welcome to TikTok, <laughs> welcome to Artpod. <laughs> um, no, I, I and I think discussed. I, we discussed this. Uh, you proposed this, and I said. Mm -hmm. I'm against this value and of course like maybe at some point we'll do if everybody will do and you know yeah. uh, but I I would love to kind of like postpone this because I don't think yeah I don't think it's a it's a healthy habit for people but anyway um, sitting and definitely using your time in the social media and then trying to realize what you learned what have been you know what you gained mm -hmm. from that and mm -hmm. if it's only a dopamine and you don't remember what you did, then maybe you should um, focus your time somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. But also there is this other thing that I guess you can't be productive 24 hours a day, right? You need time for, to relax. And uh, So don't, don't feel bad. This... Exactly. Don't feel bad of doom scrolling for some time, but it cannot be, you know, majority of the day or maybe it cannot block your deadlines right for example when you're late to some mm -hmm. things yep. uh, this is this is a, a symptom that maybe something is wrong right yep 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 definitely definitely awesome i i think this was great discussion final thoughts yeah honestly lots of um good ideas even for me to reinforce like um i think we discussed about uh, meeting notes and how to make meeting productive with agenda and mm -hmm. notating mm -hmm. notating um, I really want to emphasize that it's kind of like what we do in our mentorship and internships, like every hour and even every one-on-ones I'm doing. I'm not doing meetings without meeting notes because to me, I will forget. It's like a doom scrolling or <laughs> so many meetings. It's just, <laughs> I forget what, what was discussed. So I really look, yep. um, it helps me, if, especially if they're recurring meetings, to go back and see what was previous discussion, what, what to switch mm -hmm, context mm -hmm. easier. So that was amazing suggestions. Balancing the um, the energy level and being a little mm -hmm. bit more egoistic towards yep. this uncomfortable time to make it more fun for you and for others yep. And, yep. and also make it productive. So there are ways in your mind to kind of like learn fun stuff while you're doing maybe tedious stuff. And there are kind of ways to mix this up. Don't give up. Um, <laughs> we talked about, you know, hacking solutions for long term. Um, mm -hmm, long-term mm -hmm. gains so making shitty things less accessible and nice things more accessible right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah i mean super helpful social yeah. media suggestions and finding your productivity time 
during the day was also amazing. Like uh, not everybody is the same. So try to stay flexible, dynamic and experiment with different things, maybe morning, maybe yeah, afternoon. Yeah, definitely. And again, it goes down to finding out what motivates you and try to exploit that to your advantage. But yeah, amazing. Okay, Ivan, what people could do to uh, stay in touch and ask questions and learn more? Give us a follow on uh, Twitter and on LinkedIn. Uh, we post our updates there um, quite regularly. Uh, also, we will have uh, Google Docs uh, or Google Form uh, in the description of this episode. You can leave us feedback there. Also, always feel free to uh, ping us directly. We're happy, happy to hear any feedback you have. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. And uh, thank you. we'll see you next time.